This is episode number 24 of the Paleo Women Podcast. Hey friends, so happy to have you here. I'm Noelle Tarr. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and I write everything you'll find at coconutsandkettlebells.com. And I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie Ruper. She's the author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature, online programs such as PCOS Unlocked and Weight Loss Unlocked. And she's going to be on Periscope very soon. Please keep in mind our disclaimer while listening to the show. The information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and shouldn't be considered a substitute for medical advice or treatment. Yo. Are you so excited? Periscope. (sighs) (laughs) So I know I keep talking about it, but it's totally consuming me right now. I love it. I'm so so excited to get you on it. You're so weird. What? What kind of person are you? (laughs) I am a social media fangirl. I know. That's why you're so important to me. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm important to a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited, though. I did. I've I've been doing, I'm going to consistently do workouts, live broadcast, um, live live broadcast workouts on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 a.m. And I did one this morning and it went great. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. It keeps me accountable in terms of just making sure that I'm getting some sort of movement in. Um, so I, yeah, I just love it. Wait, I can't wait. wait to- like your whole workout, you just put on your phone and like set it up in the corner of the room or something. And yes, yeah. So I I say it's not it's not my work. So I usually go and do other training. Like I I if I go lift heavy, I'm, I don't broadcast that. But what I'm doing is little s- snippets. So I do. Like I'll demo us just all my workouts are are under 10 minutes. So there's something like really easily. So like five to 10 minutes of like five rounds of, you know, ABC and you just it's usually like with kettlebells or like tools that you can use at home so that people can do them at home with me and then or replay it and do it whenever they're ready. And I explain it. So can I ask a piece of looking for insider advice? Yes. Yeah. So I have a really hard time doing short workouts because I can't convince myself that they're effective. I'm like, why should I do 20 push-ups right now? Like what is the net gain in my life overall? So I never do, I never do, Mm. I ever like the small or the short things. Like I don't understand how, unless I'm like being really consistent about doing it every day, then I can feel like it's like a bigger thing. But I, I find it very challenging to like squeeze in things. I totally get it. I used to have like a t- uh, just a, a mind kind of block on if I can't do something for X amount of minutes, it's not worth it. Right. But that's actually not even what the research says. So there's been a lot of research on, you know, Tabata training and the effectiveness mm-hmm. of just doing something for four minutes. And it does improve both anaerobic and aerobic capacity. And I can promise you that, I mean, I can do a some of these co- more complex, what I'd call complexes, which is like, so today I just did, it took me seven minutes on the dot and I did five rounds of like squats, r- lunges, uh, gosh, a couple of oh, deadlifts, but I used the kettlebell. So I held the kettlebell and just added weight to it and I didn't rest and I kind of pushed myself a little harder. So I think the key is have a set, like it do- It absolutely does have benefit. It can, it, I, I would, I recommend 
that people do little things like that and then do longer cardiovascular activities like walking or swimming or running or dancing, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, doing something like that, you will actually get really sore. You'll, you can really strengthen, you can build a lot of functional strength just by doing that. But I think the key is you need to be pushing yourself. So, I mean, relatively hard. I wouldn't say like, you need to be working really hard. You know what I mean? Like I, I push right. myself. I don't, I don't just, I'm, I, I don't like stand around and wait in between sets. I think with a lot of these workouts, the idea is just to, to be moving the entire time or at least right. to be moving most of the time really hard. So how often do you do stuff like that? Probably. Is it like multiple times a day? Is it? No. Mm-mm. So if I'm going to do a workout in the morning, I, I make sure that I, I warm up pretty well, get my blood flowing. I, uh, you know, with dynamic kind of stretching where I'm swinging my arms back and forth and that sort of thing, five mm-hmm. to 10 minutes. Then I do the workout and that may last five to seven minutes. And I tell you when I get done, it's tough. Like, I mean, I'm like, I'm drenched, you know, like I'm completely sweating because I usually try to do them outside um, Mm -hmm. on my deck because that makes me feel a lot better. And then afterwards, I'll stretch a little bit. And then if I want to get in something else during the day, then I'll go for like a longer walk. So between 30 to 45 minutes um, or an hour, whatever, whatever time I have, I'll just I'll just try to walk. If the only thing that I do multiple times throughout the day potentially is walk. So I'll go for (laughs) like 15 minutes here and then 20 minutes later on in the day. Which studies do show doing small bouts of exercise or walking mm-hmm. is actually better than one solid 30-minute exercise and then sitting all day. So, Which that makes sense right. to me, right? So getting up and moving throughout the day incrementally mm-hmm. <laughs> is <Yep>. much better <laughs> than just doing 30 minutes and then sitting all day. Because you, the changes of, you know, every time yeah. you get up and do a walk, you're... you're kind of moving your body and getting your your heart rate up and so the more you stimulate stimulate it the more uh benefit you're gonna have so yeah i definitely notice that in my own life i don't know if i'm like placeboing the heck out of it but mm. you know like i know that that's supposed to be like effective so i think right. that it is but it does i don't know and i feel more alert and like alive. oh totally yeah but your brain at the the brain capacity or, or just like they've taken scans of how, what your brain looks like during a walk versus sitting and it's just so much more lit up mm-hmm. so it's just so stimulating and it's great yeah i definitely i've walking is my man years ago i just thought it was like lame but now walking is everything so and that's when i listen to all my podcasts <laughs> so yeah including ours <laughs> some of them ours. are like i wonder well when they come out i'm like ours is the only one i listen to <laughs> <laughs> seriously yeah. i'm like oh wow i said that like I, I forget like what happened so yeah yeah so that's that so yes it's i would love you should join me on periscope do the workout with me Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should. Oh, like I, I should watch your broadcast. Yeah, do it. I'll, exp- okay. I'll explain you the movements, and then you do it with me. Well, you no, can I do it. Like I do the workouts. So you so that people can do it with me. So we'll right. get. We need to get you a kettlebell. When's your birthday? That's what I'll I give have. You. I have one in Michigan, but I don't have one in um, Boston, and I'm that's definitely <laughs> definitely not taking one to London. <laughs> oh gosh! Will you, when you get there, just use a company that ships one for free. There's uh like. Literally 38 gyms on the Oxford campus, so I think I'll be all set. Oh, and there's one in the basement of my building. Wow. Yeah. 
That's well, because cool. every college, like almost every college has its own gym and there's right. 40 some colleges. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Anything new with you? Um, I went to Vegas last weekend. Guess what I'm doing on Tuesday. Going to Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. My husband has a, t- uh, like a speaking gig, so I'm accompanying I hope, him. I hope you have a better time than I did. My trip was so bad. I came home early. Oh. I know. And it's really unfortunate. I, I spent a ton of money getting there. I like decided to go last minute. There was this dance party, like an all weekend thing. And I was told that it was going to be like the best three days, four days of my life. And I absolutely must go. So I'm like, okay. But it turns out the guy who convinced me to go was a little, uh, it was maybe a little bit manipulative and he was maybe a little bit off. And it ended up being like a really, it was really terrible. Okay. I am. Um, oh, well, I hope none of them listen to this. What's, but no, <laughs> what's your what's been your favorite city to dance in? Ah, uh, Malaga, Spain. Really? Yes. Huh. See, I I didn't think you were going to say Spain because you were like, I don't know about this when you were there. Well, I was living in Sevilla, which yeah. is not quite Malaga. Um, Malaga has oh god, the so in Spain they don't dance like that often. But the like, oh, they're such passionate dancers. They really come alive when they dance in a way that I've never like salsa. I'm thinking mm-hmm, salsa dancing mm-hmm. in a way that I've never seen in anybody else. I see it in like pockets here and there. You know, some dancers in Manhattan, some in London. You know, a handful at, at all these different places. But there's just something. There's something so delicious about the way that they dance. So, yeah, that's definitely my favorite place to dance. London is really, really great, too. Um, in the United States, I don't know. That's a tough question. I haven't danced in enough places in in this country. And the thing is, is I usually travel to go to, like, special events, which isn't the same as just, like, being someplace. D.C. is actually right. really amazing. Really? So far as I can tell, there's just a ton of people doing a lot of different stuff, and they're you know, overachieving. So they like do it well. (laughs) (laughs) Boston's very very similar. That's a good description of DC. We're all movers. Everybody's like self-important movers. (laughs) Yes. It's like all in our own world. Yeah. I hear that the East coast is much different than the West coast. I'm sure with dancing, but with just even culture and how we, how we pursue life in general so the east coast is very much so in pursuit and focused and like on 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 and never turn off and i hear that i hear that the west coast is not as much like that especially like colorado area i'm sure i'm not saying they're not driven individuals but they have a much better balance Uh, yeah i I would agree with you it's interesting though with the dancing because uh, in the west like the culture is just a little bit more liberated Mm. So in the East, you'll find like people dance more like people dance in Germany, which is a little bit like more pattern oriented or robotic or just like not like the Spanish, you know, but um, the quality of dancing in California is amazing. Like it's just there's such a high quantity of really talented dancers. And um, I think they also they have a little bit more like spirit and creativity, gen- very generally speaking, you know, but yeah, that that stuff like that stuff is definitely real. The cultural differences. So. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. 
whether you're a stay-at-home mom, an entrepreneur, or deep in the throes of school and a full-time job, chances are you've felt the pain that comes with balancing numerous obligations. And unfortunately, when you're busy, it can be challenging to nourish your body with real foods because it takes planning and prep time. One of my personal secrets for staying on track during busy times is having no prep snacks on hand at all times. Stephanie and I have both expressed our love for Keep It Real Food Company because they provide us with grain-free, paleo-friendly treats and snacks that are already prepared and ready to go. Our favorites include grain-free granola, the cocoa nib cookies, and an oatmeal-like warm cereal mix called Mighty Meal. Head over to keepitrealfoodco.com to shop their online store and use coupon code PALEOWOMEN, all caps, no spaces, to get 10% off. Okay, are you ready yeah, for questions? I am so ready. Okay, the, we got some a little bit detailed ones. Oh, let's let's make a quick comment here about questions. I really, really appreciate all of the detail that we're getting from people. But I want you to keep in mind if your question, if you have a lot of confusion and you, ha- you know, you're, I want to say what we're, what's happening is we're getting a lot of medical related questions, a lot of very detailed, very, in, very individual, very personal, personal like- resolution. And I don't mind personal questions like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Um, but it, if you have really deep seated, complicated issues, I would really encourage you to either schedule like a personal consult or consider making sure that you go to a naturopath and discuss a lot of this blood work that maybe you've gotten through your MD, doing it on a professional level, because I definitely feel for so many of these people that are desperate. A lot of our fans that are just, I feel like a lot of people are desperate to find answers, but we cannot, I mean, that's not our role here. Like I, I, we can't give you any medical advice and we can't discuss your blood work and talk about that kind of stuff on the podcast. So I want to help you so much, but I want you to also make sure that you are, I feel like a lot of our answers would just be, Hey, let's, let's have you make, make sure that you work on this with your doctor because we are not doctors. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and we don't know all of the things. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I feel pretty good about a lot of the stuff I know, but there's a whole lot out there in so many different body systems that I just, you know, you could be much better served mm-hmm. going to specialists. You know, I think that that's really important. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So let's move on to some of the questions we've got today. Question number one is from Debbie. Hi, ladies. Longtime listener, first time caller. Sorry, I've always wanted to say that. I wanted to first thank you both for providing a great podcast. I not only enjoy listening as I love both of your sparkling personalities, but I also love what both of you have to offer in terms of knowledge and opinion. I was wondering what you two thought about the relationship between stress and stress and belly bloat. Here's a little information about me. I have always had some sort of lower belly distension. But as of lately, it has become much more apparent and severe. I am relatively thin, and there are times where it literally looks like I'm pregnant. I've researched and looked for any and all sort of explanation. In the beginning, I thought it may just be some sort of food intolerance, so I went paleo on accident, cut out grains, and saw some positive reaction, but it didn't completely solve the problem. Next was dairy. The only, This one, when I tried to re... 
This one, when I tried to reintroduce, seemed to have a higher reaction, so I decided to continue to keep it out of the diet. The only thing I didn't completely give up was my consumption of alcohol. My husband and I are huge craft beer lovers, and it's just an aspect of our lives we both enjoy. I can, I can hear you on that. Recently, my husband went away for a week to care for his mother, and she's been ill and in and out of the hospital in the week that he was gone. Not much changed in terms of my eating habits, but I did not consume alcohol. I noticed a positive change in my bloat, and it seemed dramatically better. Upon his return, I decided I wanted to continue the experiment and see if my stomach would improve. To my dismay, it seemed my distension and bloat came back. This got me thinking, what else changed while he was gone? We both agreed it could be my level of stress and quality of sleep. I love him dearly, but I tend to take to take the caregiver role. And when he was gone, I only had myself to tend to and not worry about what another person was doing. My question to you is, do you think stress could really have this big of an impact on my belly bloat and distension, or do you think this could be more likely due to a food intolerance or a physicality, maybe a combination of both? I am at such a loss, and I feel I have explored dietary causes with no answers. Could this be a a case of IBS? I'm just so sick of this belly bloat, and I'm looking forward to any suggestions or new things to try. Thanks so much. Um, It's both. Question two. Um, sorry. So I struggle. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I think it's hilarious, but I need to share this with you so you you can understand. I don't understand. I don't know what bloating means. We've talked about this before, right? Now, while I literally don't know, I think one time in my life, I was like, I think I might be bloated right now, but I literally don't know because I I just don't get it. And I've read all about it and people tell me all about it, but I still, I still don't understand. So that being said, when we're talking about like causes of bloating, I'm just, I'm a little bit fuzzy, right? So, but okay. So the most, the most common cause of bloating so far as we can tell is a gut dysbiosis gut bacteria issue and from eliminating grains and dairy which seem to have been really successful for you i think you i think you can probably agree that there's definitely a physical thing going on there with the health of your gut is that you mentioned um ibs in your notes like you know definitely if you have (laughs) although ibs is this huge catch-all diagnosis for like Things kind of not working very well in your digestive tract. So, um, yes, but giving yourself an IBS diagnosis or thinking about what you're dealing with in terms of irritable bowel syndrome, IBS doesn't still doesn't necessarily tell you what you need to do. Now, I'm pretty sure I don't need to tell you this, but just to be clear, beer does contain gluten. So if eliminating grains from your diet was really helpful for you, then I'm pretty sure that eliminating the beer would be really helpful as well. As for why the bloating returned when you had like eliminated the things, there could be a there could be a lot there. Stress could be a part of it. Maybe there's a FODMAP thing, and you you were having some high FODMAP meals that just weren't grains or beer or dairy. Like that's very possible. Um, there's a lot of things that could be going on. I feel like some back and forth on this question would be great. So what are you thinking, Noel? 
So I think that it could be a lot of things, and this is really hard to say, oh, this is what it is, because I think that you've been dealing with this for, it sounds like you've been dealing with it for a pretty long time. You've hacked a lot of stuff. I think removing the dairy and the grains is, is great, and I love that you've seen progress through that. So I know I think we know that it definitely has some sort of food component to it. What I think's going on here is... There is some sort of gut dysbiosis or some sort of imbalance. Uh, and when I say dysbiosis, I just mean imbalance in bacteria. Maybe maybe you have some leaky gut going on. Maybe your gut lining, so the, the, the walls of your intestines, they, you really need to focus on repairing those. So those are the kind of the two main components of the gut that I, that I look at when people talk to me about digestive issues. And if you haven't really gotten on a protocol that's gut healing, I would definitely recommend that. There is something called GAPS. You can look into that. That's G-A-P-S. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people have had success following that protocol. It's a specific thing that you can do to heal the gut. I've had friends who have had colitis and Crohn's disease go through that and and have had um, restoration and healing. So... In general, I would maybe look into focusing on repairing actually the gut wall. So with doing the the collagen or gelatin, maybe considering taking a probiotic. I don't know if you do that. We're going to talk about that in the next question. But I think that's that would help tremendously doing a high-quality one. I definitely think it has to do with the stress as well. I think that it might be a combination. I don't want you to think about things isolated. And that's what we love to do in our culture, right? We like to isolate things down and really pinpoint and say, this is it. But you are a mind and a body and a spirit, right? So we have all these things going on in us. We have, um, and, and all of that things, all of those things balancing together makes you and, and affects you. So I don't want you to think that, oh, it's just stress or, oh, it's just food. It's definitely and absolutely a combination of both. And it could actually be, it could actually be the alcohol and it could actually be the stress. So when the stress comes back, they might they might play in together. So think of it more as like compounding effects. So and yes, the gluten in the beer, it's it's going to cause problems. Alcohol does not do well with me. The only thing I can drink is maybe a little bit of wine and I can drink vodka that is not that is not from uh, glutinous or grain of any sort. So so, like, I typically drink, like, Ciroc, for example, because it's from grapes. So I, I can definitely say that that might be a problem. I would remove that for more than a week and a half. I would consider removing the beer, going completely gluten-free for at least 30 days before you make an assumption of, of if it's helping or if it's not helping. So I don't know. I mean, anything – I don't know if there's anything else specific that I can recommend besides, yeah, let's let's really focus on, like, a gut healing protocol and then – trying to take a probiotic and doing more of an elimination diet with the alcohol to really see how it is affecting you. Yeah, I, um, I really think that probably what it is, is that you have a very sensitive gut. So like the things affect you, right? The alcohol will affect you, the stress will affect you more easily. So I don't want I think Noel's totally right. You don't want to think about it in terms of like the one thing that's wrong, but rather, I'm a delicate flower, how can I optimize my gut health, right? That's like, that's the way that I have to deal with a lot of my, like, health issues, which I manage fine, but it's not 
like, oh, what's the one thing that messes up my hormones? It's like, I have a very delicate hormonal system. How can I do my best to keep it all in balance? So you're going to want to just try and fix a lot of the things. Noelle mentioned gaps. Um, gaps is like, uh, just take a look, take a look at it. Uh, go ahead and Google it. It's a very restrictive diet. Super. It's, it's like the most restrictive. Um, something else you may want to consider or experiment with before you try gaps, because I really, I know a lot of people have had success with gaps. You know, it takes you down to like broth and fat for a while. You know, I know, I know a lot of people have had success, but I also am wary of food like behavior issues and also nutrient deficiencies that can crop up if you're only eating certain foods and you don't have to be. You know, I don't think you should try gaps unless you have to be doing gaps or, you know, you play with it for a while and if it works great, you keep doing it. You also might want to consider FODMAPs, right? Those are a class, a wide class of sugars that some people have a hard time digesting largely because of their gut flora populations. And some people think that they have just a sensitivity to wheat, but it turns out that the reason they have a sensitivity to wheat is that it's, you know, it's, it's very FODMAP-y and other FODMAPs affect them as well. So you may want to look into a low FODMAP diet and experiment with that as well to see uh, what you can do for your gut. But I'm definitely huge on the probiotics and doing all of the different things you can while staying as mentally healthy as possible. You know, it sounds like you really, you seem to be in good health aside from having to deal with this bloating. So that's encouraging. And so don't panic and just give yourself some patience and some time and work through your different options. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll find things that work better and works for you over time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think that you asked is this could this be the ca- a case of IBS? IBS is just ir- irritable bowel syndrome. It's a catch-all term for a lot of conditions and it's highly correlated with SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Just means you have an overgrowth of bacteria into your small intestine. Definitely, I would say look into the symptoms of SIBO. See if you have anything else going on there. The FODMAP protocol is actually great for people who have SIBO. It, FODMAPs are like short chain carbohydrates that ferment really easily in the gut. And so you may actually be still eating foods like avocados or onions that are high in FODMAPs. Right, well, avocados are medium, but people can still react to them. So you may be right. eating these foods that are high in FODMAPs or whatever, medium, low in FODMAPs that you're reacting to. And that may actually be the cause. And I know you said that well, when he was gone, it was all away. But again, think about things as compounding on top of each other. So like if you eat multiple FODMAPs at once, plus you're stressed, that's going to cause an issue. But if you remove the stress and you eat a couple of those FODMAPs, then that's not that may not cause the problem. So right. so yeah, that's which hopefully gave you a lot of things to look into and think about and hack away at. Yay. <laughs> Hacking. Question number two. Hi, Noel and Stephanie. I am in awe of your wisdom and expertise. Paleo Women <laughs> and the Paleo for Women podcast rock. Sloth too. Anywho, Noel mentioned in the last podcast about cycling or switching up probiotic formulations. Could you expand on this idea and give some brand recommendations? I have been taking VSL number three for probably four years now, and I tried moving to prescriptasis, but then my symptoms of IBS came back. 
Also for Stephanie, I'd love to know if you're still making green smoothies. I didn't know you were making green smoothies, Stephanie. That was my insert. I've been working through your weight loss program and see lots of recipes for green smoothies. I've been making my own version every morning for a few few years now, and I'm happy that someone in in the paleo world doesn't think they're evil sugar bombs because they are the best way I've found to get a great dose of folate greens in my system. I even use pineapple and bananas regularly, but I still probably get a two-to-one veggie-to-fruit ratio, and I really don't want to give them up. Then don't. Thank you for everything you do. Um, do you want to answer your question? Then I'll answer mine. Yeah. Yeah. So probiotic cycling. I think why you've had the problems with prescriptosis is prescriptosis as well as other probiotics come with a base of prebiotics. Prebiotics are those short chain fermentable carbohydrates or they're, they're certain, uh, things that that will ferment in the gut or and basically what they're supposed to be doing is feeding the probiotics so probiotics flourish in the presence of prebiotics however if you have an overgrowth of small like a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth with SIBO if you have an overgrowth of bacteria that shouldn't be in your gut or your the the bacteria in your gut is imbalanced so you have a bad um or you have an a, a kind of an overgrowth of the bad bacteria in your gut then that is going to cause you distress. So what I would do is hold off on moving to the prescriptocyst. I would consider definitely bringing in some other um, some other probiotics. I'm going to give you a couple. One in particular doesn't have any prebiotics in it, and that's what I want you to go for. It's from Jigsaw Health. It's just an essential probiotic blend. I will link to this in the show notes, coconutsandcannibals.com slash episode 23. Are we 23 or 24? Four. <laughs> 24. Four. This is where my brain's at. Uh, or or paleoforwomen.com slash. Um, and so Jigsaw, I think that I would recommend going with that one. If you've been on the same one for four years, absolutely start switching it up. I would definitely recommend eating foods as well that are probiotic. That will re- that That is by far the most dense source of probiotics. So I would recommend going and getting some sauerkraut, maybe fresh sauerkraut. Make sure it's refrigerated and raw, not the cooked kind that's just on the shelf in the grocery store. Or maybe getting some kombucha or making your own kombucha, which is actually really easy to do. The other probiotic I would recommend is Floragen. It's F-L-O-R-A-J-E-N. They have a few different uh, bottles of probiotics. The one I recommend in general is Floragen 3. They also have a Floragen Acidophilus and a Floragen Bifo. Uh, bifido blend so again i would i could i would even recommend just rotating the acidophilus is actually really good for vaginal tract health side note for those who maybe be experiencing utis or imbalances i would definitely recommend that florigen acidophilus another good brand is claire labs that's claire with a k and then for – there's actually specific strands. They've been doing a lot of research on specific strands that are good for IBS and, and help IBS. They're pretty much – there's one uh, – a couple different ones. I would recommend looking up um, the Jaro Formula's Ideal Bowel Support. Jaro is a, a, a decent brand, and that is, is really – does really well for IBS and is specific – to IBS. So those are some of my recommendations. I would 
absolutely recommend, like I said, a, a whole food source of probiotics. But yes, if you've been taking the same one for four years, it's time to switch it up. If that was recommended by your doctor or whatever, make sure that you talk to he or she first. Don't just stop taking something. Look into maybe Google search uh, strains for IBS or or probiotics for IBS, but I think you'd actually do really well with that Jaro one. So that's that. That's that. That was super informative. I Perfecto. don't think I need to add anything. Um, and for me am i still making green smoothies um i do from time to time it just depends on how much effort i'm feeling like making any given week um but the most importantly if you've read my weight loss program you know that i i mean i include i love all of the smoothies in there a b i include all of them because i think they're perfectly healthy and I think that carbohydrates are perfectly healthy. Now, it is a little, a little bit interesting because in my weight loss program, I talk a lot about the benefits of doing a low-carb or, or a low-fat diet, you know, depending on your personal physiology. And the smoothies tend to have both carbs and fat in them. Some of them, you can sort of switch it up. Uh, you can, you know, you could pick a lower fat. You could pick like a diluted, you could dilute the fatty coconut milk or whatever you put in there. Or you could switch out something super carby like, I don't know, honey or mangoes for something a little bit less so like blueberries or something, right? So, or a vegetable, I guess. So you can sort of switch things up trying to make things a little bit more low carb or low fat depending on like which plan you decide to be on. But like Noelle said when she read the question, pineapple and banana are great. Um, I have, I can eat a whole pineapple in one sitting if I want to. So I'm not the person to come to to worry about your carbohydrate consumption. <laughs> I don't think they're evil sugar bombs. I think they're great. I think greens are great. I like getting them in with fat. I think carbs are great. I think a smoothie this is particularly the ones that I make and recommend, you know, because they've got the fat and the protein and the carbs and they're all very healthy. I think that's a great way to start your day. And I love it and I feel good when I do it. So I think that answers it. Don't worry about your your two to one veggie to fruit ratio. I think that's great. You're probably talking in terms of volume, not in terms of calories, but uh, do what works for you. You're, you're eating healthy things. That's That's what's important. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Demonizing smoothies is just like, come on. It's not even like, I I get where I like juicing five, like blending together five bananas and shooting that and thinking it's like the perfect breakfast. I get it. There's probably an imbalance there. But most of the smoothie recipes that I know that Steph has and the ones that we would use, use, you add berries and coconut milk and sometimes a little bit of almond butter or you just throw in like a ton of greens like you said it's a really great way to get a a lot of greens in i would recommend potentially thinking if you're going to use like a ton of kale or a ton of spinach potentially thinking about lightly cooking them beforehand yes yes but other than i come on i mean like i just think it's such a good way to get in a, a big dose of 
greens and veggies and fruits and, you know, good fats. You can throw in a tablespoon or two of whatever, you know, almond butter or whatever butter or, or even some coconut oil and or even or even. <laughs> I'm going to start making whatever butter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many now. I think like with the paleo diet, like everybody's like cashew butter and you know all like just there's now there's all these butters so i like butters but they're all really expensive so super expensive i can't eat too much of them or i get overweight and depressed so i hear yeah yeah all right last question number three is from Catherine. how important are amino acid supplements for building muscles i have some friends who are pretty buff who swear by their amino acid pills or drinks, and I'm wondering if they're worth the investment, if they are worth the money. Are there some brands that are more trusted than others? Uh, Stephanie knows almost nothing about this. <laughs> like zero things. All I right. know almost zero things about this. All right, let me. <laughs> All right, so I, I'll. You can follow up on anything that I say based on what I say, because you'll, you'll probably be like, "Oh yeah, I knew that when I." when I chatty chat about it, but so branch chain amino acids, they are a group of essential amino acids. They include leucine, isoleucine and valine. So those three specifically, <laughs> I knew that <laughs> you want me to chime in and be like, I knew that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and we'll be like, yes, you did. Stephanie, you're so yeah. smart. So specifically leucine has been the branch chain amino acid. That's had like the most uh, research done about it. Though amino acids are building blocks of proteins, your body actually can't produce them, so they must be consumed as part of your diet. So what – an interesting component here is uh, – oh, so the foods too. I want to touch on that. The foods that you can find, these branched-chain amino acids, so this they don't just come in supplement form, right? So they actually can be found in foods. So they're typically found in things like milk and beef and chicken and fish and eggs. So I would say the highest quality source is definitely in animal products. Again, I would go with grass-fed, pasture-raised, wild-caught. There are some branched-chain amino acids in things like beans and rice. However, we know that some of them aren't as bioavailable and they are – it's not a very dense source of – the branch chains or of protein in general, right? So we we actually need a good, I would say a good healthy dose of branch chain amino acids, depending on what your goals are, which that's a common theme here that I will be coming back to. But so why, why the supplements? Why these shakes? Why these pills? So branch chain amino acids in whey. So if you were to consume just a protein uh, shake of some sort, that's whey-based, they're actually peptide-bound, meaning they have to be liberated through digestion and then absorbed into blo- the bloodstream, and that can actually take eh, a couple hours. So even though whey protein is really fast digesting, you have to keep that component in mind. So when you when you take branched-chain amino acids, acids in supplement form, they're in free form and require no digestion, and so they're rapidly absorbed into the bloodstream. So with branched chain amino acids, there's actually been a lot of positive research. And I, there, of course, I, just because there's research, I'm sure there's research that says that they don't work. But I will say the general consensus among 
most people including conventional and more holistic sources, there is an understanding that branched-chain amino acids definitely have benefits. So in particular, what they seem to do is decrease exercise-induced muscle damage. They actually increase muscle recovery, and they regulate protein synthesis. So branched-chain amino acids, they they not only increase the rate of protein synthesis, but they also increase the cell's capacity for protein synthesis. And when I say protein synthesis, I just mean, think of it as, as muscle building, right? So like a synthesizing protein and putting it into the muscle and feeding the muscle and creating growth. So if you do a quick search on PubMed, here's a couple of the headlines that you might see about branch chains. Branch chain amino acid supplementation does not enhance athletic performance but affects muscle recovery and the immune system. That, that study was actually pretty interesting. Branch chain amino acid supplementation enhances exercise capacity and lipid oxidation during endurance exercise after muscle glycogen depletion. So here's an here's something interesting. Our body actually uses amino acids for fuel. And when you lose muscle, that's what's happening, right? So we always want to be, if we're trying to gain muscle, we always want to be in a state of, uh, that's why you typically need to eat more protein is because you don't want your body to be using your muscles for fuel and you want to be adding more so that your muscles can grow and build and become stronger and bigger. The last one was branched chain amino acids activate key enzymes in protein synthesis after physical exercise. So what people have recommended is taking branched chain amino acids in supplement form actually during exercise so that your body starts to use that Especially that interest that was that that second study that I read the title of, they found that it helped with after muscle glycogen depletion. So after the body was like, okay, about to move into burning some muscle for fuel, if you supplement with branch chain amino acids, that actually helps your body not break down your muscle. So you will actually find branch chain amino acids in certain goo packs. So those energy gel packs that are just basically sugar to keep your body going in, in long endurance events. They, they've actually started formulating them with branched chain amino acids. So the other way that you, a lot of people are seeing benefit is of course consuming them after because it helps to build muscle. It, it basically sends a huge shot of, I don't know what my thing with like shoot and shot is lately, but it basically sends a big load of amino acids to help you recover, to help improve protein synthesis, to help to help basically you grow muscle. So that last study, it said that they that branched-chain amino acids have an anabolic effect on protein metabolism by increasing the rate of protein synthesis and decreasing the rate of protein degradation in resting human muscle. Also during recovery from endurance exercise, branch chains were found to have an anabolic effect in human muscle. So I'm not going to deny that it absolutely can probably work for most people. Now, when I say you're asking here, are they, is it worth it? Are they worth the money? It, this is where it gets individual, Catherine. It totally depends on your goals. 
I think that it has a place, especially for athletes who are training a lot, who are getting paid to do sporting events, Olympic athletes who are just working out a ton and want to maintain muscle mass for endurance athletes or, or need to build muscle mass, want to become stronger. I think that supplementing with branch chains is, is can absolutely be beneficial. I think it's also if your thing is bodybuilding and you want to and you're tr- attempting to try to be in a calorie deficit of some sort and really uh, judgments aside from that lifestyle. I mean, if that's what you choose to do, that's fine. But you typically are in a calorie deficit when you're bodybuilding because you're trying to, to build muscle, but at the same time you're trying to be lean. So for people like that, doing some sort of very intense branch chain amino acid supplementation, I think can absolutely have benefit to help you build muscle. Um, but other than that, I, I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't know what the tipping point is, let's say, that is here's when it's beneficial and, oh, if you do only this amount of training, it's not. I don't know what that tipping point is. So what I would suggest is supplementing with it, and I don't mean just a, a pill or two. I would actually give yourself a uh, you know, if I'll link to the specific branch chain amino acids. There's really no specific brand. Of course, I would do your research in terms of like how some of the branch chains, like their source and where they come from. But in general, it's so isolated down that I don't personally find any benefit in going for like you know, the really expensive high end brand. I just I think I use just a basic brand when I was supplementing with them. But I would recommend getting some maybe in pill form, taking some actually during. So I've, I actually would take some during my strength training and then I would take, you know, I would say like 8 to 15 pills after a workout. So again, it's kind of a lot of pills. So if you're not a good pill taker, it's not going to be that fun. But observe how it affects you. Do you feel better? Do you have more energy? Do you feel less depleted? Do you feel like you're becoming stronger and recovering better? I think I think the real main benefit here is recovery. So are, how are you recovering? How does that feel? I don't think that it's going to result in like massive visual changes and achievements. It could maybe for specific population of people. But if you're not training and lifting and working out a ton, then I just, I don't think that it's going to have massive, wonderful benefits. I definitely don't think it's, it would hurt. So have at it, try it, see if it works. And if it doesn't, then don't spend your money. My husband still does supplement with them. He, and when I was training a lot and doing a pretty heavy lifting protocol, I did, and I found that it did help. But now it doesn't, I don't, I can't really tell a difference. I'm training differently. I just, it doesn't make any difference to me. I still eat a lot of beef, grass-fed beef, eggs, fish. I do a lot of that throughout the day. So I'm pretty confident in my ability to synthesize protein and recover well from my workouts. So. So. So any other thoughts, Stephanie? (laughs) Nope. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we're going to get to our bonus section. Yeah, I kind of thought that if I like didn't answer that question, we'd be able to. Yay. That's why you didn't answer. Not because you didn't have any clue about it. Right. I knew everything you said. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the best gift you've ever gotten. (sighs) 
Are you a gift person? I don't think you are, but I didn't, I don't know. Do you like, is is gifts one of your love languages? I like all the love languages. I do. But like, the reason I do is because I see the thing behind it. So I'm not, I'm not really picky about the love language people give me. Um, when you say gift, I, I think very abstractly, right? So the best, like, gift yes. that has arrived in my life is, like, you know, when Noelle contacted me about <laughs> working together or yeah. – um, which was, although that wasn't, like, a specific you're trying to do something nice for me. That was the universe giving me something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the best gift I've ever gotten, my mother – is I know that people, I know that everybody in the world like tries to be good, but unfortunately for all of us, we will never be as good as my mom. Uh, that's a real thing. The best gift I've ever been given. So everybody, a lot of people know, most of the audience knows that I really struggled for a while in my life and I don't talk a lot about it because I don't want to be like whiny and crappy. But for three years I was, I like essentially... I I didn't have control of my brain and I was I want to say I was incredibly depressed but I wasn't I was incredibly anxious and I did nothing but cry and have panic attacks for 3 years. And this by the way is also when I got my master's degree and wrote Sexy by Nature and PCOS Unlocked. So like I managed to do things but um anyway, I my mother was a saint and I often had really bad panic and anxiety and um, heart problems. I had heart problems at the time. And this is all because I took spironolactone, but I didn't know it at the time, which made it worse. I didn't know why any of this was happening. I thought I was just going crazy. Literally, I thought I had lost my mind. So um, I, my mother insisted that I always call her and she said she would be mad at me if I didn't. And so even though she had to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning, to go drive a school bus full of special needs children because it's my mom. Um, I hundreds of times, at least a hundred times called her in the middle of the night, you know, at two or three and we would be up on the phone for like an hour and a half trying to help calm down my heart and calm my panic. And she was, I, not a once, not a single time was she ever not, happy when she picked up the phone and like Steph I'm so glad you called and I no matter all of like the gifts and the things that uh, people will ever give me that is definitely like the best thing that I have ever been given by a person or the universe Mm. because my mom saved my life and it became proof to me that people, there are people in there like who are genuinely good, and there is genuine goodness and love and like unconditional giving in the world. And so, sorry, that's not like a thing. But when I think about things that have been given to me, I can't get past that. You yeah. know, it's like it's just the big thing that sort of overshadows all of all of the things. Yeah, that's know? amazing. So she's the best. She is the best. Love you, mean it, mom. Um, okay, so mine's, I'm a little hesitant to say this because I don't want this to come off as, well, well, let me tell a story. So I have 
I guess I could say a lot of things in terms of what the universe has given me. Uh, but I, I have, I mean, I'll have to say, I think my parents in general are probably the two most amazing people in, in the world besides my husband. <laughs> but I grew up with, we had some financial struggles and I will not say that we we struggled in relation to a lot of what a lot of people go through, but we didn't have a savings. I didn't necessarily know how I was going to go to college, how I was going to go to school. And I had a lot of dreams for myself. I always wanted to go to university and we we got I guess it would probably got to my junior senior year my junior year and I was applying to a lot of colleges and I think it kind of just broke my mom's heart because my sister had gotten a pretty much a full ride to go to college and she did that and so she was off at college I have an older sister and I guess it hadn't really clicked with me that like I you know there wasn't any money to like go to a college and so I was I applied to a lot of really high end expensive schools and didn't really think about the the financial implications of that. And I talked to my mom. I remember having a conversation with her one day and she was kind of like she kind of told me she's like, no, we, there's there's no money like to send you to school. She actually worked. I went to a, a private school and she worked pretty much all of the time she was a substitute teacher and became a permanent sub for actually a a special needs the special needs uh, division of my school and so she worked all the time to actually so that I could go to that school so that to pay for that basically and she did that with my ballet lessons she worked and did marketing for the ballet company so that I could have lessons there so she was always you know working to get me to do the things I wanted to do and so she she kind of was like, Noel, I don't you're, this is I don't know how you're going to necessarily pay for this. Like this is kind of on you, kid. And I had applied to a university that was going to give me like eighty percent of my tuition, but I was still going to have to pay room and board. And I was like, uh, but I don't want to go there. And it, it kind of hit me because my mom was like, Noel, th- this is pro- this is probably where you need to go. Like this is a this is a good deal here, but you're still going to be. Ooh, I don't know, six to ten thousand dollars in debt that you're gonna have to pay every year and take that debt on. And so then they were talking to me about the local community college, and I was just like, "Whoa, wait a second, what?" Like I was, you know, a very ambitious and driven person, and I was like, I'm not, "I don't want to just go to the community college because I don't have the money." Like if I if I can get into a school, I want to go to it. So out of the blue, I got a. Uh, I don't even know how they found me, but the school that I went to was down in North Carolina. It was called Gardner Webb University. And I, I got a, a mail, like a, a letter in the mail from them, asking them to asking me to apply for some scholarship, some program that they were doing. This it was a pretty big academic program. It was called like the Presidential Fellows something. And so I went down there and interviewed, and they actually took me through a series of interviews, and I had to like do write some essays. And it was a whole process, and I was like, just not. I was like, I'm not going there. And my parents were like, Well, hey, let's just look into it. You know, like let's let's just explore all your options. And so when I got down there, I actually really loved it. And they called me probably, you know, when I was debating between the whole community college thing and then um, 
and the other place that had given me like 80% tuition. And they called me and said that I had gotten, there was like 10 spots that they were giving uh, scholarships to. And they told me that I was number three, which meant I had all of my tuition. I just had to cover room and board. And so I was like, pretty excited about that but I it still didn't click to me like this that was kind of a big deal like I was like well I don't know if I want to go there though like what if I don't want to go there and a few days later it turns out that the two people that they had wanted to give full rides to like full room and board and academics turned out they both had had decided to go elsewhere to other schools and so I just happened to drop into the number one spot and only the top two got full complete like room and board and tuition covered and this was like a ninety thousand dollar school so mm-hmm. once that happened my mom was on the phone and she just was like she just started crying like she just could not believe it like i to her that was like the most amazing thing in the world i remember sitting there and i was like whoa wait a second like i could just go for free like this is a nice this is a great university like I just and it, that that's when it hit me that I was like, wow, I don't have to take on any debt. And so my mom always told me that she felt like that was God providing because she, there was no way that she could ever they could ever pay for me to go to school. And it was really important to her for me not to be in debt. And I now I you know then I didn't see that, but now oh my gosh, you know I'm just so thankful that I don't have school debt to pay off. And I know that some people do, and that's fine. <laughs> But it would have been such a burden for me. And so that's, you know, when I think of a gift, like I, there's nothing I did to, to earn that. In fact, the people that were that also were the other 10 that were part of my freshman year that earned some of that scholarship are, were way more brilliant than I was. And, you know, I look at that as just a gift from God. Like, there's absolutely nothing I did to earn that or deserve that. So, but it, it really, I think, changed the course of my life. And honestly, being there, I mean, it set me on the path for my life for my next job, the job that I had out of college. And that's how I met my husband. And so it's just interesting looking back on how the world happens in your life you know how the world takes care of you and like the the path that you're set on so that's that was a little bit longer of a story than i expected to give but that's that's probably my best gift ever in yeah the you world. know i used to think that the world takes care of you or whatever something takes i used to just uh, then when all the when my life fell apart, I stopped I stopped believing in anything good ever happening. But I my mom always was my always my little like ray of hope, mm. you know. So I understand I'm starting to understand again that feeling of like, yeah, good things do happen. <laughs> Which I, I'm serious. Like it, when really traumatic things happen to you, like yeah. it just, the floor drops out from under you and mm-hmm. it just existentially, you're like, it's like, ah, you know, ah, I don't believe in anything anymore. I don't, whatever. Life is terrible. So, mm. well, I'm really, uh, I'm really glad about that for you. Noel. would you like to help me pay off my student loans? <laughs> Nope. <laughs> I I probably pay what, like four hundred dollars a month in loans right now. Goodness, yeah. I know. Uh, and ten years for ten years. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, no big deal. I'm very MBD, happy. You'll take care of it. Yeah, and I think I I'm a believer that 
you know, it's not to say that bad bad things don't happen to me, but I know that that out of bad situations there is a, there's always good. You can always find some good and there's always good that comes out of it. So I think that you're probably a better person with a deeper understanding of yourself and you probably have a completely different perspective had you not gone through that. But it's really hard to see that when you're going through it. So, um, yeah. well, it's also, I mean, I just look back and I feel very robbed because I feel like I missed, right. you know, three years that could have been really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally understand that. And maybe that maybe that's why emotionally, you know, I'm so much younger than my aging physical body. <laughs> Are you emotion? You think you're emotionally younger? I, you know what? I, I actually genuinely do feel, I do feel that way. Yeah. Hmm. I kind of like that. I like that. Yeah. Well, it makes me very sad, but whatever. You go ahead and enjoy my sadness, Noah. But I think that I'm emotionally more so, like, well, in some years ways, ahead. And well, we, I'm, we I'm being a little bit facetious, but also not. Like, you know, I have I have none of the, like, adult desires that other people do. I'm trying really hard to, like, go... Oh out and have as much fun as possible you know what i mean like i'm overcompensating got it i know what you're saying yeah yeah i can see that and maybe yeah i would just go with that flow for right now and live it up because you never know when the shift is going to happen and you're going to be like oh now i feel like this is what i want you know it's just it happens at different points for everybody and to think that oh by the time you turn 30 you should be this and that is ridiculous so yeah i would just go with whatever Whatever Go with flow the you're feeling. Go with the things. Yeah, I'm going with the things. We must be way over on time or close. We're close. We're, we're close. I'm sorry. We kind of rambled on there about nothing paleo. But I, life. Think, I think that life and thoughts and all of that is good stuff. And I would love to include everybody else in this conversation. So if you have anything to add or talk to us about, I would actually recommend leaving an iTunes review. <laughs> And commenting to us about anything that you want to talk. And if you feel... (laughs) Because we will definitely see it. Maybe that's because we're like desperately looking at our review page every day. We will definitely see it and be glad about it. Do you want me to see something? Leave an iTunes review. (laughs) But also you can email paleowomenpodcast at gmail.com. I've gotten a a couple cool emails from people there and I respond to them. So I do see the emails too. But the reviews. And if you... If you have life-related questions, I really enjoy those. And they're much easier for me to answer than ones about amino acids. So <laughs> We do like life-related questions. The voice yeah. of the people. All right. The yes. voice of the people. Yes. If you send a question from the voice of the people, there's a very good chance it's going to be on the podcast. <laughs> so, okay. Are we done? <laughs> I think we're done. I think we were done a long time ago. Yes. Okay, that's it for us today. For more from us, you can find Stephanie at paleo4women.com and me, Noelle, at coconutsandkettlebells.com. We will talk to you next week. 